see you this morning. How many of you have ever been to a tent revival? Raise your hand. All right, very good. How many of you have been to a, a baptism that actually occurred in the river? All right, very good. Anybody seen a baptism that occurred in a cattle trough? All right, very good. Hey, I'm from West Texas, so I can proudly say my great-grandmother was baptized in a cattle trough. Yeah, not everybody can claim that. So, you know, it was one of those days, as we were singing down there just a minute ago, I, I realized I wore the wrong attire. I should have worn my boots and my jeans, and we should have been good to go. And I almost, we could have done a two-step this morning. So thank you, Michael, for bringing that in. That was a lot of fun. I am glad that you are here today. If you have your Bibles, Proverbs chapter 3 is where we're going to be going. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 25, if you can go ahead and go all the way down there. Here's what we're going to be doing today. We're going to be talking about the word courage. I heard a story, um, it was, it's an old story about a man who was a, a wealthy millionaire who invited everyone to his house for a party. He wanted to show off his newest gadget. It was a large fish tank. And so he brought everybody around the fish tank and he was so proud of it. And at a moment when he said a, a special word, they released and opened up doors and sharks swam into the tank. And he was so proud of this shark tank that he had. And he begins to brag about um, what a great event this was and this party. And then he said, out of arrogance, he said, I, I will pay anybody a million dollars if you'll jump in and swim from this side to the other side. And everybody's oohing and on and laughing about that. And before long, you heard this splash. Somebody splashed in, and the next thing you know, everybody's looking at the fish tank, and you see, this, you see this man swimming as fast as he can across. It was a, like Olympic record, swimming across. And by the time he gets to the other side, everybody's cheering and clapping and cheering him on. And, and the man runs over to him. He says, wow, a million dollars. I can't believe you would do that. That was insane. That's, that's stupidity. And the man's just, <gasps> and he goes, I just have one thing to say. Who pushed me? <laughs> right? Sometimes courage looks like courage, and other times it's just stupidity, right? Courage. I don't know, maybe you have stupid friends that would help you have courage or not, but if you do, thank, those, thank God for those friends, and then other times you might just stay away from those friends, right? Proverbs chapter 3, we're talking about courage. And as we've talked through this lesson series, it's, it's the lost generation, and what we have defined is this, is that we are living in a generation, we, we have lost our values, and when we use words such as honor, responsibility, discipline, it means a lot of different things. And because we have been removed from the Bible, what we need to do is we need to go back to the Bible to find out and discover what we are called to be. As Christians, as Christ followers, we are called to be people of the Word. And out of the study of Proverbs, we began to understand who we are supposed to be, how we are supposed to live. It's a very practical book on daily living. And so what we have is this. There's an idea of courage. And in our society, when we talk about courage, we usually see the John Wayne scenario, that's courage, or it's the Rambo, or it is the Rocky, or it ends up being the you know, the, the Jack Bauer type where we go in and we, we conquer everything or now it's the Avengers or now it's, you can just start naming. It's the person who can go in with great courage, face a million to one odds and you go in and you're the champion. Or it could even be such, something like this. The extreme sports are at an all-time high. You now see people who are willing to pay large amounts of money to jump out of helicopters onto a snow-capped mountain cliff just to have the next thrill of a great ski. People who are willing to rock climb without a harness. 
That's called bravery, or it's also called stupidity, right? Red Bull, Red Bull, the energy drink, will, will sponsor now um, all kinds of death-defying stunts in which they have men who are willing to take great risk with their lives in order to ride a motorcycle and jump on top of a building. Did you see that? And then they ended up jumping off the building as well on the motorcycle. It's, it's insane. Or maybe the guy who you did see this where he went up and Red Bull sponsored him to go up into the, the lower regions of outer space and he jumps out of the capsule and he falls at a free fall at faster than the speed of sound. He blacks out as he's falling. It's faster than any man has actually physically fallen without any kind of harness or brace. And he falls, passes out for a period of time and then he actually regains enough to pull the parachute. What is courage? Is courage about being the strongest and being willing to conquer unbelievable measures? No, maybe it's something different. And what we want to look at today is I want to show you that courage is not just for the insanely brave people that we would say are firefighters or soldiers or people who are willing to even run into buildings, but actually courage is for you and I. It's the average people, the ordinary. We should have, and we should be people of courage. I want to be a person of courage. I want my kids to be people of courage. I want this church to be a church that's willing to step out and to have courage to face what God has placed right here and says, okay, let's go after the challenges. Let's go after what God has placed here and let's do something for the kingdom of God without fear. I want us to be a church of courage. And so today we need to talk about what courage really looks like. So if you have your Bibles, Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 25, would you please stand for the reading of God's word? All right, Proverbs 3 and verse 25, here's what it says. Do not be afraid of sudden terror or of the ruin of the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this day, and I thank you for your love and your goodness. I thank you for how that you've worked in our lives, and God, I am so thankful for how that you consistently intervene on our behalf. I pray today as we sing songs and we've celebrated and we've had fun together, God, I do pray that truly when we worshiped and when we sing about you, God, it came from a pure heart, a heart that was ready and willing to sing about you, and God, that it was a sweet sound to you. And now as we dive into this moment, we look into your word. God, I'm asking that you would speak to us. Give us the ears to hear. Give us the understanding. Show us how to apply it to our lives so that, God, we walk out of here at different people because we've heard from you. In Jesus' precious name I pray, and all God's people said, amen. amen. All right, thank you. You may be seated. Let's define courage. If you have your bulletins, would you please pull out your bulletins? You have a, a sheet here. I'll give you an outline so you can follow along. And then you can also take notes and be able to look at um, the verses I have on the other side of this outline. I have a daily devotional. So that way you can kind of walk through those verses again. And I give you a couple quick thoughts about those. And then on the inside of that little handout, you have 
small group questions for your, your home groups, or maybe it's even your Sunday school classes, or maybe some of you even use it for uh, maybe in your home for your own personal devotions. Use that as a tool to help dive into this lesson so that way you can understand it and really make sure you apply this to your life. Let's look at the idea of courage. Webster's Dictionary, the 1828 edition, actually defines courage for us, and he gives us a, a pretty decent understanding of what it looks like. It's bravery, that quality of mind which enables men to encounter danger or difficulties with firmness, without fear or depression of spirits, valor, boldness, resolution. It is a constituent part of fortitude. So here's what we're going to do in our outline today. I'm going to give you three thoughts about courage that help define what courage is and how it looks in our lives. And then at the end of the, uh, today, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you two facts about courage that allow you to begin to put courage into your life this week as you begin to go through the week. Hopefully, God can help give you and bring courage into your life when you begin to apply these two facts at the end, all right? So here, let's go ahead and walk through the idea and the defining courage. Courage, first of all, if you're going to have courage, you must face fears. Face fears with action. Courage does not mean the removal of fear, No matter who you are, there will be fear in life. Proverbs chapter 3 and 25, it says, Do not be afraid of sudden terror. There will be bad things in life. There will be things that you should be afraid of. When you begin to watch the news, isn't it depressing sometimes? You watch the news, and as you watch the news, or maybe you've been reading, before long, after a week of watching, you can almost become depressed and say, Man, the world's coming to an end. I just need to stop everything. It's just going to, it's going to be gone quick. And it becomes fearful. You begin to look at even your job and wonder, do I have a job? Will my 401k last? Will my health last? Will I survive? And fear can come in very quickly. It says, do not be afraid of sudden terrors. Fear is a reality. And to have courage does not mean the removal of fear. We would like to have courage without ever having to have fear, but you will not ever have courage unless you understand the reality of fear and you will feel fear before you will ever get to courage. Why? Because courage has to come out of seeing fear for what it is. Every one of the the characters in the Bible, when you begin to look at their story, did they face fear? What about Moses? Do you remember this guy? God calls him. He's, He's out in the desert and there's a burning bush. And in that burning bush, God calls out and says, Moses, I'm calling you. I want you to go back to Egypt. And what does Moses say? (laughs) You got the wrong guy. I can't speak. I'm not a good speaker. I can't talk. Oh, you obviously got the wrong guy. You remember I killed somebody? I can't go back to Pharaoh. I I can't stand before Pharaoh. There's no way. And God says, I am. I created you. I created your mouth. And I'm calling you. Go back. Face your fear. What about Joshua? Can you imagine being Joshua? To have to follow a leader like Moses. What an incredible shadow Moses cast. To actually say, okay, guys, I'm not Moses. I'm the new kid. Um, Come on, follow me. And in chapter one of Joshua, three different times, God says to Joshua, be strong and have good, what? Courage. Be strong and have good courage. Be strong and have good courage. Why did God have to tell Joshua to be strong and have good courage? Was he afraid? 
Absolutely. He was afraid. He didn't want to do the job. He was nervous to step into the role. And yet God says, that fear you must face. But just facing fear is not going to work. You must have action with it. Did you notice that? To actually have action, you must go into action. You remember the story of Esther? She needs to go before the king to plead for the life of the Jews. She could have faced the fear by just saying, yes, I know I need to speak, but she had to actually go into action. So after prayer and fasting and calling everyone else to prayer and fasting, there had to be a moment that she steps out and she enters into the king's presence, not knowing if she's going to live or die. Courage. You must face your fears with action. And we can keep going character after character through the Bible. Here's what I know that there's a good group of people in this room today who are facing fear right now. Something has caused you to be paralyzed. You're afraid of taking that next step. God is calling you to do something and you are afraid of stepping out. Maybe you're afraid of actually being isolated. You're afraid that if you step out, no one else will stand with you. Proverbs chapter one, what does it say? My son, listen to me. If sinners begin to entice you, if people begin to try to lure you away, he says, stand for what's right. We've talked about integrity, but in order to stand in isolation, you need courage because you know what's right, but to actually stand there when no one else will stand with you, it takes courage. The courage that when you see an underdog or you see someone who's being hurt, who doesn't have the power or the strength to defend themselves, the courage to step up and help the underdog. How many of you watched and you've been following the, the tournament so far? The, yeah? Okay, good. Were you going crazy when Duke got beat by the underdog? Man, that just destroyed everybody's bracket, didn't it? It's just, it's just a mess. Now, here's what, here's what the Bible's saying. He's not saying go bet on all the underdogs. But what he is saying is this, when you see someone who's being hurt, when you see someone who can't defend themselves or they can't speak up for themselves, it is your job to step up with courage, with action, to be the voice that they don't have, to give the strength, to end isolation, to do what's right when no one else is willing to stand. Here's what I know. If you're willing to take the stand in isolation, before long, there's usually several other people who want to do right. They're just too scared to do it. Courage, courage to face the fear that you have right now. More than likely, if you would get really honest with yourself, there's something holding you back from doing what God's calling you to do. You know you should talk to your neighbor. You know Easter's coming up. And in just a few weeks, it's the number one time in which people all across the United States will go to church. They're looking for a place to go. And you know God's been calling you to invest in somebody. You know God's calling you to invest in that neighbor. You know that person at Starbucks or the grocery store. God is calling you to talk to them, and you've been too scared. Courage means I have the fear to talk to them, but I'm still willing to take the action to do what God's calling me to be, do. Courage. Let me show you another definition of courage. Part of courage is not only doing, facing your fears with action. It's also courage to intentionally learn. I would have never put learning and courage together. 
until I've read through Proverbs, until I was going through Proverbs. And here's what consistently happens. Your courage, your strength begins to grow as you learn. Look what it says, Proverbs 24 and verse five. A wise man is full of what? Strength. A wise man's full of strength. It doesn't mean you become a bodybuilder, Arnold Schwarzenegger overnight. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that you're gonna get strong and have all these muscles popping out everywhere. But it says a wise man is full of strength. Why? Because a man of knowledge enhances his might. When you grow, when you learn, what begins to happen is this. It begins to fortify your strength to say, you know what? I've heard stories of people facing similar things like me. And what I'm dealing with right now, if they could go through it, then so can I. You begin to learn. It doesn't mean that if you have a lot of degrees, let me help make sure we're clear on that. Just because you have a college degree or a master's degree or a doctorate degree does not mean that you are full of strength. And just because you don't have a school, high school graduation, it doesn't mean that you lack courage or you lack strength. What it means is this. If you really want to grow in your courage, you must intentionally learn. Proverbs 8, verse 14, let me show you what happens. It says, I have counsel, I have sound wisdom, I have insight, now I have strength. If I'm going to intentionally learn, I must be willing to admit that I am not the smartest person in the room. (gasps) Did you catch that one? More than likely, when you walk into a room, there's a good chance that there's sometimes a pride or an arrogance that can creep in. And you think that you're the smartest person in the room. But to actually admit, I don't know everything is a great start. To actually say, there's people around me that are smarter than I am. Isn't that amazing to think about? And then when you actually admit it, that there's other people smarter than you, then you have to admit, am I willing to learn from them? What about this? Can you learn from somebody who's not as smart as you? You should be able to. You should be able to. And if you are one, a person who's willing to have courage, courage begins to be built when you're willing to admit, I'm not the smartest person, and at the same time, I can learn from anybody. No matter who they are, whether they're older or younger than me whether they are as experienced as I am or they're not as experienced. A willingness to admit and look myself in the mirror and say, Heath, you actually still have a long way to go. It takes courage. It takes courage to actually say, I need to still learn. I haven't arrived. John Maxwell gives a list I think this list is fantastic because it talks about, am I actually a teachable person? Are you a teachable person? It's really easy to say, yes, I am, right? Yeah, of course I am. I read through these questions and I thought they were so great. I'm gonna give them to you now. I'll also post them on my blog, heathmarion.com. You're welcome to go there. I'll be on there probably around noon. And so that way you can uh, see these, maybe go back through these for your own self. Here's, Here's what he said. Here's some questions. Are you teachable? Am I open to other people's ideas? That's a great question. I don't know. Typically, I have all the best ideas, right? Am I open to other people's ideas? Number two, do I listen more than I talk? (laughs) Do I listen more than I talk? 
number three, am I open to changing my opinion based on new information? Well, it has to be really good information, right? Am I open to changing my opinion? If I get new information, am I willing to say I, have, I, I, I do need a change? Or do I just buckle down and say, nope, I've already made the decision. We're staying here. This is what we're doing. Do I readily admit when I'm wrong? Oh my. Do I observe before acting on a situation? Do I ask questions? Am I willing to ask a question that will expose my ignorance? That's a bad question, isn't it? Am I willing to ask a question if it exposes my ignorance? Okay, so yesterday I'm at a, I'm at a baseball game, and it's, um, it's, we had kids, the girls had volleyball in the morning, and then we had uh, baseball last night. And so we're at the baseball game, and I get volunteered to do the books. I have dumb on across the forehead, I think. So, so I'm doing the books, right? So here's what I'm doing. I'm doing, doing the books, and there was a moment where there's a double play that happens, and I'm not, not sure what I'm supposed to do with the double play. And then on top of that, the other team is questioning our batter's lineup. So who are they looking to? They're looking to the guy with the book to actually defend, right? I'm sitting here going, oh no, oh no. I don't think I did this right. So I'm at a point where I'm trying to figure out, should I say much or how do I do this? And I'm, I'm arguing back and forth with myself. Well, if I just left it alone, maybe it'll just blow over, right? <laughs> Have you ever been there? If I just, just kind of stay quiet, maybe nothing, it's just going to pass over me. It's not going to happen. You're in a little league baseball. Uh-uh. There, nobody's going to let it drop. It's just going to be there. Okay, so, so I know I have to deal with this. So I get over to this, um, this other lady, and she's the one who's actually the, the main scorekeeper, and she's, she has, she's the one calling into question. So here I am. I'm thinking, if I argue too much, I can't prove my point no matter what. And I have to come to, and I came to this point, okay, I'm just going to humble myself. Even though she's younger than me, I'm going to humble myself, and I'm just going to play dumb to dumb 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 and just, just go from there, and let's see what happens. And I came back to her. I said, listen, I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't even know how to score this, and I, I hear what you're saying about the runners being out of order, and that does seem to kind of make sense, but I have no way of proving anything. So could you help me learn how to write, do the books? And she looked at me and she said, really? I said, yeah, you obviously know what you're doing. And she's like, I have been doing this for a long time. <laughs> Got her. So anyway, she starts helping me do the books. I had to admit that I, I'm ignorant. That's hard, isn't it? It's hard to ask a question that shows that you don't know. Number whatever it is. I don't know what the next one is. All right, am I open to doing things in a way that I've never done them before? What about this one? Am I willing to ask, ask for directions? Men? This is from John Maxwell, so if you want to crucify anybody, just, it's him, not me. What about this? Do I act defensive when criticized? Or do I listen openly for truth? My friends, it's going to take courage. It's going to take courage to face your fears. It's going to take courage to intentionally learn. Number three, courage to tenaciously endure life's battles. Proverbs 24.10 says this, if you, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. 
to endure life's battles. It takes courage. Life has never been promised that it's going to be good for you all the time. And just because you trust Jesus Christ as your personal savior doesn't mean that you get the golden street all your life. It's not gonna be a bed of roses. We want this life to be a cruise ship where we get all the buffets we want, right? We get all the entertainment and there's somebody there always to cater to us. But life's not a cruise ship. Life's a battleship. And you're gonna end up having more battles, more adversity, more problems than you will have good days. I'm sorry to say it. And it's gonna take courage to actually go through those hard times. It's gonna have to take courage to say, okay, God, I can't do this on my own. I need you to help me go through this. It's too tough. I read a story on uh, ChristianStories.com about a a little boy, a Midwest pastor was preaching and in the middle of the service, there was a a little boy off to the right who was was stirring and playing and, and he was just making a lot of noise during the message. And so finally, the dad grabbed the boy very quickly and started rushing him out. And as the little boy's going out, he sticks out his arms to the pastor and he says, pray for me. (laughs) Pray for me, that's pretty good. To endure the hard times. There are more than likely that enduring the hard times, you're gonna have to use those simple words, pray for me. Courage. All right, so here's how I wanna do. I wanna now apply it in two ways. I wanna give you two facts. I think these facts will help make this very applicable for you this week, even today, to begin to move this into your life. The first point is this. Courage can be poured into someone. Proverbs 10 and verse 11. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. Isn't it interesting to talk about your words becoming a spring of life to someone? James actually tells us that in your mouth, you have the power to curse and to cause death to come out. Have you ever seen someone with that kind of power? They say something negative. They, they, they just spew out venom and it tears down and it destroys. It can destroy an organization, a school, a company, a dorm room so quickly a family, but also in the same mouth. Not only is there death, but there's this power to give life, to pour out life. Now, I'm I'm gonna use this as such a crude and simple statement, an illustration, but here's why. Encouragement means to put courage into someone else. Ah, I just poured it on the stage. Now it has courage. To put courage into someone to actually pour with my words courage, liquid courage, into someone's life. To keep filling them up, to give them the courage to act, to give them the courage to endure. I use this simple illustration because of one thing. Several years ago when I was a teenager, I saw someone do this. I remembered it, and here's what happens. Quite often when I'm getting a cup of water, I think about who do I need to pour courage into today? And the challenge becomes this. You with your words, me with my words, I can actually pour courage into someone. And there's more than likely, you know someone today that you could actually pour courage into their life by a simple word. And the beautiful thing about courage when you pour it into somebody else 
they can also do what? They can pour it into you. You give courage, you pour it into someone, they begin to pour it back. Fun. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter if it's a text, if it's a card, it's a phone call, it's a posting on Facebook. You can pour with your words life, strength, courage into someone else. They are struggling, and you come alongside with a simple word, I'm praying for you. It's an amazing statement. To give them the strength to go through the day. Maybe it's simply, you're going to send them a verse, such as Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. And you say, hey, I saw this today. It made me think about you. I'm praying for you, and you send them a verse. And you're pouring courage into someone else. So here's the challenge. You ready? The challenge is this. Today, this week, I want to encourage you to try to find and try to, here's the challenge, to find someone that you can pour liquid courage into. Who is it? Who could it be? Find at least one, if not two, if not three. Find someone. Maybe you want to take the challenge and say, okay, I'm going to do this every day. Every day, I'm going to find at least one person this week. That's seven people. This week, I'm going to pour courage into them. Here's your last point. The last point is this. Courage has more to do with your perspective of God than your physical or mental capabilities. Go back to our text, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 25. It says that hey, don't, don't be afraid when sudden terrors come on your life or the ruin of the wicked. Verse 26 tells us how. It says this, For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Just in case, just in case, you went through this entire service and you thought that we were not talking about God actually being the courage. I want to make sure you know clearly. I'm not looking for you to man up, to be strong in your own power, to have courage where you're just gonna say, I'm gonna bull my way through and I'm gonna make this happen. If you're facing fear, if you're facing even learning intentionally, or maybe it's at this point you're going through a hard time, just bowing up and saying, I've got to get through this will not get you through it. What you have to do is this. You have to stop. There's fear, and you acknowledge it, and you say, God, I cannot do it. I need not my own mental strength, not my own physical strength, not my own financial strength, but I need you to show up. My confidence is not in what I can do. My confidence is in God. Proverbs 18, verse 10 says this. The name of the Lord is what? A strong tower. Do you see that? The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous do what? They run into it. You're facing fear. You're facing hard circumstances, adversity. To have courage to get through it, starts with how big your God is. Is your God actually sovereign? Is he in control? Can he get you through it? Does he have the power to get you through it? Can he give you the peace in the midst of the storm? When you begin to put your confidence there, what begins to happen is this. Your courage begins to swell and say, okay, if God is for me, who can be against me? I heard the other day one of the players on uh, Oklahoma City uh, Thunder basketball team 
He said, yes, it's a great night when uh, me and KD can score 50-plus points combined. That game, Kevin Durant had 49 points. That's pretty good, isn't it? It's the same perspective for you. Hey, you and God make a majority. You're not alone. He's right there. And so now to put your courage and say, God, here I am. I'm with you. Now, I want to share a story about a lady that I met several years ago. Her name is Marie Rawl. I was a pastor in Decatur. I was 29 years old. And um, her and her husband, Marshall was his name. They were in their 90s at this time. And I would go out to visit them. And, and man, he was a massive guy, even for an older man. When he would stand up, he could barely stand up. But when he would stand up, even hunched over, he was taller than me. And he had these big farmer hands. When he shook my hand, it swallowed my hand. You know, you've ever met people like that? They're just huge. And, and they, they lived in a very humble home. They owned thousands of acres, but yet they lived in a very humble home. They've been farmers, ranchers for their entire lives. They homesteaded it. Their grandparents homesteaded it. So they've just been out there for years. And so I'd go out and visit her. And she was sick at this point. She had done ministry, years and years of ministry. She had served in Sunday schools, children's. She's taught children. She loved teaching children. She loved talking about missions, having missionaries in her home. She loved the bus route. I mean, anything she could do, she did. I would go in, and when I get to her their, their house, he would pull up with his little motorized vehicle, his little motorized um, wheelchair, and he'd get up, and when he got to the door, he would, he would work his way to stand up to open the door. I'd get into the house, and she, and she had contracted not only a sickness, but an element where she had brittle bone disease. That means that when she got pneumonia and she started coughing, she would shatter her ribs. She would turn, and when she turned to actually get a pin too quick off of the side, she actually broke her back move too fast just because just because she had this brittle bone disease it didn't mean that the pain wasn't still extremely real it was the same type of break for you and I except that it would just her bones were not strong enough to does that make sense so it was and to watch this lady I would go in and here's what I would do my intention was to go and encourage her and I came out there with the full intention, and I would try to encourage her. And here's what she would do. She'd begin asking about the church. She'd begin to talk about God. She'd begin to talk about what God was doing in her life. She never got out of that bed. And as she began to go, I would say, okay, it's time for me to pray. And she would not ever let me pray for her until she did something first. One, she had to read me and tell me about her, what God had taught her that morning in her Bible study. And then she would have to read me because I'm a pastor. She had to read me Billy Graham. She had to read an excerpt from Billy Graham. And then she'd have to teach that lesson kind of to me, right? And after she did that, then what she was doing, she would then pray for me. But what she was doing is she's pouring courage into me. Does that make sense? I'm 29 years old. She's pouring courage into me to be a man of God, to be Billy Graham. This is really what she's wanting me to be. She was just praying over you. And, just, and she, she begins to pray over me. And by the time she's finished, man, my heart is just overflowing and just full. And then I turn around, and now, now she says, now, pastor, I want you to speak to me and pray to me. 
I sat there and, and I would pray for her. And here's what I began to realize. When I started talking of this lady, this lady who had fear, this lady who not only had fear in her life for the pain that she was going through, she had fear about what the government was going to do with her, her, her land. She had fear, all kinds of fear. She had all kinds of adversity. She was never going to get better. And yet she still had the audacity to learn from a 29-year-old. And she would tell me, Pastor, your message, your last message, this is what you said. And that was just, it just really meant a lot. And she would teach me that she was learning already. And then she continued on and she wanted to pour courage into me. And what I began to see in her is this. Courage had nothing to do with her power, nothing to do with her strength. But you could see the power of God Almighty in that lady's life. Because her confidence, her strong tower was God. So no matter who you are in this place today, no matter what you're struggling through, when God is your confidence, when God is your strong tower, run there. And what will happen is this, your courage will begin to grow because God plus you is a majority. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal savior, if you don't know him as your personal savior, can I just challenge you? This is one of the fantastic, most fantastic, gracious offers that God says, I love you and I care for you. And he offers to you through his grace. You can't earn it. You can't work for it. You can't do enough good for it. He just graciously says, I give you salvation if you would just trust my son, Jesus Christ, and his death on the cross. If you don't know him as your personal savior today, I want to encourage you. That's the best place to start. And when you do, and when you have invited him in, you'll find that the peace of God begins to transform your life, no matter what the adversity, no matter what you're facing, what fear. 